My novel Finding Home is available for purchase on February 20th in everywhere that books are sold. One reader called it a spiritual experience embedded in pure drama. And that's exactly what I wanted to do. Tell a fantastic story, but reveal all the layers of spiritual truth that were in the prodigal son parable when Jesus told it. But we miss it with our Western eyes. You will be amazed at the Father's incredible love for you. You can find out more on my website, susankamacias.com backslash finding dash home. Thanks for joining me for season five of the We're Not Done Yet podcast. This is Susan Macias, and I'm so glad you're here as we talk about how we can serve the Lord, how we can serve our communities and each other, because if we're not home yet, we're not done yet. Welcome to episode 503. We are doing a second part today of um, the episode I started in 502, which makes sense since this is 503. Um, We're just going to plow on in this just in case is your first introduction to the We're Not Done Yet podcast. I'm Susan Macias. I am glad to be with you. This is, I think of as a conversation. I do very little editing unless there's just a really major reason you would want me to edit. But other than that, I'm just talking. I'm talking to you like we're having coffee and talking over some of the issues that we find in living in this world as we try to live for Jesus in all the different stages of life we find ourselves. I'm in the emptiness stage, and I find it to be a place where I have to really focus on serving the Lord and on making sure that what I'm doing is building His kingdom and not just saying, you know what, I've done my part. I'm tired. I'm going to stop now. No, that is not the thing to do now. Now it is time to get going because... As the title says, we are not done yet. Last time, we talked in the episode 502, Five Ways to Accomplish a Dream. And we talked about the first two. One was to make peace with the waiting, because a lot of times a dream comes way before um, the dream gets actualized. And I gave the example that will come up this time as well about um, my writing, my novel, There's a novel, Finding Home, I have finished, and it is going to be published in October of 23. It started as a dream that was very, I mean, it was a full dream. It wasn't like sketchy. It was like, I want to write the novel of the prodigal son family. I want to show people all the amazing things of this story that God has been weaving from Genesis until now. That started 30 years ago, and I'm finally finishing with. So yeah, I had to make peace with the waiting with that. And you had to start the easiest way possible. That's the second way to accomplish a dream. I couldn't start writing a novel. That was too big of a thing. I had to start because I only had these little bits of time as I was raising my family. I had to start with the easy things. And you can go back and hear that in episode 502. Today, we're going to do our last three ways to accomplish a dream when it feels like it's been around too long or you don't know how to get started. You might not even be sure what your dream is yet. And if you're not, that's okay too. You can be asking the Lord. He has plans for you in these years of life. So you want to get started. And our first thing today, it's number three of our five steps is one of the biggest ones. And it says, do it scared. You got to do it scared. And boy, have I shared my writing or my teaching scared. When you dream about it, it's you. 
It's you and nobody can say, well, what do you know? Well, how do you have something to say? Well, you didn't go to seminary. Well, how can you actually do that? You know what? If I waited until I no longer felt scared to write or to speak or to talk about the Lord, I would never share because I'm almost always scared. You know what? As long as I didn't tell anybody that I wanted to write, nobody would say, how's the writing going? What are you working on? I was terrified to tell people because then I'd have to produce something for other people to read and other people would read it. Oh my gosh. It really is scary. I I knew that um, I there was a lot I didn't know. And I also knew from experience that I didn't even know all that I didn't know. I just knew I didn't know how to do all this. But my first thing to do was to share with others what I was writing. And the easiest way possible, that was one of my big steps in sharing my writing. And I talked about that in the last episode. This I started a very simple blog version. And it was writing and it was getting it out. And somebody would come and tell me they'd read it. And that that was my first step of doing it scared. The next step was in scary was taking my writing to an actual critique group. Because these were other people who considered themselves some level of writer. They they knew what it meant to write in passive voice. They knew what my, they could find my weak verbs, but I needed that. I needed to go to a critique group and start sharing my work scared. It was a step of faith. If God had called me to do something, I needed to get busy doing it. And I took my whole book, Unceasing, that whole book on prayer went through a critique group, and it was a much better book for all the input the um, input I had from those other people. But when I finally got brave and if I'd got done with that book, I'd taken blog posts for a while and I'd done some other things, but I'd been writing my novel and I finally took my first chapter of my novel. These were people I had known and been sharing with for a couple of years. And I read (laughs) my first novel chapter to this group of friends and I read it so fast that one of my friends finally just put the paper down and goes, I don't, I don't know. I can't, I can't give you critique. You're going so fast. I couldn't, I couldn't really keep up with what you were saying because I was so scared. And they were people I knew, you know, and I, I couldn't, I couldn't get to sharing it normal till I shared it scared. I had to share it scared. I had to read fast. I had to shake my hand. I mean, you know, I was shaking, but I had to do that in order to do it again, a little less scared and a little slower, and then finally getting around to sharing it normal and getting good feedback and having the input that I needed from them on what I was writing. So doing it, um, doing it scared is so important. You know, Jesus sent the disciples out two by two. And I hadn't really, this is one of those stories in the Bible that I'd read and I knew seeing it played out and dramatized on The Chosen in season three, episode two, it just is amazing. I love the beginning of that episode. They're going out two by two and it paints a picture just of what, what they must have been feeling. And you think about it. I mean, these are, he didn't get, he didn't get educated men to be his disciples. And so they're going out two by two, and they're having to stand up and share. They're having to offer to heal. He'd given them the power to heal. I cannot imagine anything but being terrified as they were doing it. But what he called them to do, he enabled them to do. 
So if God has called you to do something, if Jesus is laying a place of ministry or a group of people that you want to feed into or something you want to start, do it scared. That is an act of faith. The next thing that is in this list for me of accomplishing a dream is to invest in the gift or the dream. And for me, part of believing that God had called me to be a writer and a communicator to point a big spotlight on him was investing in my skills. But that took a long time. It took a long time. You know, like Abraham wandered for a long time trying to set up his home or the Israelites wandering in the desert for 40 years, as we called that last time, the University of the Desert. That was me wandering around, trying to learn it all on my own and learning it all for free. But eventually... I needed to respect the call that God had given me enough to invest in it. So this is what it looked like for me as Jesus called me out in being a writer. The first thing is I invested in myself to go to a a little local kind of writer's conference. It was a day conference. It wasn't very expensive. It was in the next town up the highway. So I could just go for the day. But that felt like a big deal. I was leaving everybody. I was going off for my thing that really didn't have anything to do with anybody else, which when you have a big family, that's that's a big deal. So I went. And as they talked about it, they're saying, no, you need to start calling yourselves writers. And I thought, wow, I I hesitate to call myself a writer because like I don't have a seal of approval from any government agency. I don't have any contract under my belt that some publishing house has deemed me good enough to be called a writer. How can I do that? But it was a step of faith that I believed that God was calling me and that he would gift me for what he called me to be. And it changed something inside of me. I, I often tell people this. There was there was a paradigm shift. At that moment, as I went from, I want to be a writer someday to, I actually, I write a lot compared to the normal bear. So you know what? I'm a writer. The next thing I remember standing in front of a bookshelf of craft books about writing and buying one, my first one, and I brought it to half price books. So it was, you know, half price, but still it felt like a luxury. There were homeschooling books I needed to buy. There were things that needed to be done. There were sports fees that needed, you know, there's always more to, that needed. But I was making a small step in investing myself in buying this book. And I, my first one was the one that you hear on every single person, author's list of crap books is On Writing by Stephen King. I don't read Stephen King's books, but I did um, really get a lot out of his memoir. And I've read it and I've listened to it and he does not talk like he knows Jesus. So just know that, that um, while he says, I love how he always talks about you shouldn't be using adverbs, but he uses some curse words like adverbs a lot, particularly when he reads it out loud. So, you know, just there you go. That's its little thing. But that information on writing is wonderful, but it felt like a luxury. I invested in myself. I bought this book. Um, but you know what happened at Half Price Books? I knew exactly where the writing craft books were. There was only like three shelves of them. So, and I, I don't mean like three bookcases, I mean three shelves in one bookcase. So I would go to the writer section and I would buy another craft book and I would read it and I would not buy another one until I had read it. I would read it. I would underline it. I would, you know, try to ingest it. Eventually, I finally attended a writer's conference because everybody said you have to attend a writer's conference. And so I did that. And that was a big expense. And I've only been to a few, excuse me, 
I've only been to a few writers' conferences, but they were that sort of leap ahead for me. Not in necessarily that all of a sudden I was selling so many more books, but one in taking my craft more seriously, making connections with other writers, um, learning. Just sit. I just love to sit and and get poured into and to learn. And also, nobody understands writers like other writers. I mean, it's just kind of hard to get. I think that that's true of whatever you do, whatever is your thing, whether it's a hobby or a calling or a job or just something you enjoy. Nobody understands the challenges of that, whether it's quilting or gardening or baking or metalworking. Nobody understands the challenges except one who does the same thing. And so it was an amazing thing to do. And the last thing I invested in, and it was just as much as money, was time. I scheduled writing into my day. And making time for writing became a priority. And that was a huge investment. But investing in the gift that God gave me meant that I respected what he told me to do. And then the last thing we're going to say for, for completing that dream or working on that dream that's been sitting around for a long time, or the dream that is beginning to build in this new space of time when your kids are gone, is to trust the Lord to complete what he begins. You know, the Lord began the dream of writing the story of the prodigal son family about him, ultimately to glorify himself. He started that dream in me 30 years ago, and I have I have condemned myself for not doing it sooner or being able to spend more time. But when God gave me that dream, he knew that other than my three little boys, there were going to be four more kids. He knew all the years of homeschooling. He knew my husband's work schedule that he was going to have and the hours and hours that he would have doing that, which made more hours of my own parenting that needed to occur. He knew the challenges we were going to have. He knew all that. And yet he called me 30 years ago to start doing this. So I have to trust him that he's going to bring it to completion. That's Philippians 1.6. And this is in the New King James, King James Version. Being confident of this very thing, that he who has begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. Until Christ comes back. And sometimes I think he is waiting before until the day before Christ comes back or the day before I die to get this book done. But slow does not mean it isn't happening. It just means it's slow. It means he's not in a hurry. And he's never been in a hurry. He's never been in a hurry. He completes what he begins. And it I just it's not my job to worry about the timeline. Timeline is not my job. Obedience is my job. It can look different um, than we dreamed that it would look. And my process certainly has. It might even accomplish something different than we what we thought the Lord was calling us to. But we have to trust that he knows what he's doing and that he will use the time and the fire of the delay to purify what we desire, to purify our plans and our goals, and to purify our abilities, to refine them and make them better. We can't even see inside our own hearts like Jesus does. He knows every bit of work he's completing, and we can trust him. So the five steps of making, you know, of, of having this dream, and we've got to, okay, what are we going to do with this dream we've had for so long? We've got to make peace with the waiting, 
part of the process. Start the easiest way possible. Do the thing you can do. You, if you think I would love to do baking and, and bless like couples with beautiful wedding cakes, don't try to rent a place to make all your cakes. Just make a cake for somebody. Start the easiest way possible. The third thing is do it scared. Share what you create scared. If you've written a song, share it. It's okay to be scared. Just share it. And then the fourth thing is invest in your gift that God has given you in your dream. It respects his call to do that. And the fifth thing is to trust the Lord to complete what he began. So if you feel like I do, that you have been wandering around in the University of the Desert like the Israelites did for 40 years, remember always the Lord. He wastes nothing. He does amazing teaching in the desert. Because you know what? He wants his word and his truth and his life to go out into the world. He wants to use us. He wants to. He calls us. But never forget, he's never in a hurry. Never, ever. Our job again, this is, I want to say this one more time. Our job is not the timeline. Our job is the obedience. So while you wait peacefully, start in the easiest way possible. Even if you're terrified, share it with somebody else. When you can, invest in improving the skill God has gifted you with. And during it all, trust Jesus to complete everything he has begun. He wants us to take him to the dark, hurting, and hungry world. So let's obey him and let's do whatever he calls us to do. If you want to... um Tell me about, I would love to hear about what God is calling you to do. If you go to my website, susankmacias.com, you can either share it under the, the podcast um, tab. It'll have this podcast, or I'm going to have the entire blog post with all five points over on my blog, and you can share it there as well. I would just love to hear from you. I'd love to cheer you on. I'd love to encourage you. If you have a question, I'd love to answer that. We need to help each other serve God and answer the call he's given and refine the gift that he's placed inside of us to make him known.